Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, December 15th, 2022. What were you doing 150 years ago? December 15th, 1872. What were you up to? Nothing. That's what you were up to. Or let's let's just go maybe 70 years back to 1952. Well, I know some of you listeners, you were around, you were kicking in 1952, uh, but I'd probably say most of us we're not. We were not born yet. 70 years is a long time ago. 150 years is even longer. Um, and so as we start the book of Ezra today, those are good numbers to have in your mind. And even before we get to Ezra, where we're going to read chapters 1 and 2, let me read you this, uh, really from the end of Isaiah 44 and the beginning of Isaiah 45. Uh, at The end of Isaiah 44 in verse 24, it says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who made all things. And then it goes out to, it goes on to say, who uh, alone stretched out the heavens, who alone spread out the earth by himself. So who did all these things? And at the end of that list in verse 28, it says, who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and he shall fulfill all my purpose saying of Jerusalem, she shall be built and of the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him and to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him that gates may not be closed. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bards of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in the secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel, my chosen, I call you my name. I name you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. And then he goes on, really, this should form, uh, should let all people know that from the rising of the sun, uh, that God is the Lord and there is no other. So he's calling out Cyrus by name, who, when we get to the book of Ezra, now you got to flip back in your Bibles from where we've been to the book of Ezra, but this really records some of the latest events of the Old Testament, now post-exile. And we read in Ezra 1, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now, what you need to know is that those prophecies in Isaiah calling out Cyrus by name were written about 150 years before they happened. So Cyrus wasn't even around. He wasn't doing anything. Yet God was saying exactly what was going to happen. Isn't that pretty amazing? And then 70 years, well, where does that come in? Well, in Ezra, it says that in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah must be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing and basically says, hey, go back and build the temple. So 
Jeremiah was the one who prophesied 70 years of exile. So you've got Jeremiah with a prophecy of 70 years. Uh, You've got Isaiah with a prophecy 150 years before it happened. And here it is being fulfilled. So that's one big thought you should have as you read Ezra 1 and 2 today is God is fulfilling prophecy that he predicted, that he called, that he said would happen way before it happened. And then we read in Ezra of Cyrus's decree, and then the rest of chapters one and two really are a record of all those that went. You get into what was provided, and then it goes into really all those that went back, the different houses, how many people. You get into some of the issues of how many priests, Levites, and temple servants went back, uh, people that didn't know their, their tribes, and they make their way back to Israel, and we'll read more about what happened there as we continue. But as we start, it's a good thing to note just a couple things. One, the fulfillment of prophecy. God calls it before it happens, and it happens. And that should take you back to Isaiah 45. That should give us the knowledge, He is the Lord, and there is no other. Nobody else can do that except for God and God alone. And also in this, we see a powerful demonstration of uh, that reality that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Uh, and he he can make it go where, wherever he wants, right? Kind of like a stream. God, God is controlling the heart of the king. Uh, God's in control. And so just a few applications as we think through this reality that we see in the book of Ezra, and really we consider the broader context of the Bible and the the fulfilled prophecy uh, that this represents. That's why I love how we're reading Ezra late here, because we've already read Jeremiah, we've already read Isaiah, we've already seen these things. Uh, But one, this should help you trust the word of God today. One of the reasons, if somebody asks, well, hey, what's so special about the Bible? Why should I care about the Bible any more than any other book? And one of the top things I would say is you you can't ignore the fulfilled prophecy. And you can trust the word of God. You can trust that God will do what he says. So even as we have been more recently looking at prophetic books or even right now reading through the book of Revelation, guess what? The things that God has said he will do, he is going to do. And so the prophecies yet to be fulfilled, God will fulfill them just like he did these prophecies that are fulfilled in Ezra. So I hope that even just today, your trust in the word of God is built up. Another thing I hope today helps you do is to worry less and even to to worry less about what goes on in the world and what the rulers of your country or other countries are up to uh, because God is in control. Uh, The heart of the king is like a stream in the hands of the Lord, right? He does whatever he wants. Cyrus was no uh, God-fearing man. Uh, He was the king of a pagan nation, yet he did what God wanted. And that's not to say, you know, we should not care about the world or especially the areas where we're responsible or can do something. Not saying we should ignore all of those things, but we definitely shouldn't worry. We definitely shouldn't be afraid because God is in control. And sometimes I think we can get 
too pessimistic um, and, and too frustrated because there are things that we should mourn in this world, but we need to not lose sight of the fact that God is in control. God is working everything according to the counsel of his will. Another thing I would encourage you to do based off of this today is to pray more. And even just remember what we recently read in Daniel chapter 9, he was thinking about Jeremiah's prophecy. And that's what what seems to have led him to pray. And so the, the fact that God is mighty, the fact that God will do what he promises to do should inspire you to pray. Because you know what? God has said, ask, seek, knock, and, and I'm going to answer. Um, even you think of the prayer of Elijah, that it wouldn't rain. That was based on the word of God. God had said, hey, if you abandon me and go after idols, it's not going to rain. So Elijah was merely calling out to God, asking God to do what he said he would do. And so since we know God can do what he said he would do, whether that was 150 years ago or 70 years ago, I think it should encourage us to pray and call out to God based on his promises to do what he has said. And also just knowing that God will answer prayer since he has promised to do that. And I just hope that this does fill you with hope. Like I said, sometimes it's easy to get pessimistic about the world. And again, I'm not saying we should stick our heads in the sand and ignore the sin in the world or the trouble in the world. Again, blessed are those who mourn. Um, And I think that includes mourn over all the sin that we see in the world. But we should be people that even in the midst of all that still have a hope, a hope that God will keep his promises, a knowledge that Jesus is coming back, a trust that uh, justice and righteousness, true justice and righteousness will win in the end. And we should have great hope in that. So uh, some things that maybe just seem historical as you read through Ezra, but again, consider them in the greater context of the scriptures as we start the book of Ezra today. As we go back to the book of Revelation today, we uh, read chapter eight, which tells us about the seventh seal and then the first four trumpets. And as the seventh seal is opened, there's silence in heaven for about half an hour, it says. And one thing that's interesting here is it talks about uh, an angel and he stood at the altar with a golden censer. And it talks about with this censer and the incense, it talks about the prayers of the saints, which makes me think back to uh, chapter six, when the fifth seal is open, it talks about under the altar, uh, there are the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and they're crying out. O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And they're told uh, that they need to rest a little longer. Um, But now we see, it seems that these prayers, this incense is coming up, and now we see even the judgments increasing in severity. And as you look at uh, the judgments that we read about today, they're pretty intense, right? The the trumpet and hail and fire mixed with blood are thrown on the earth and a third of the earth is burned up. A third of the trees are burned up and all green grass is burned up. A mountain goes into the sea, turning um, a third of the sea to blood and a third of the living creatures in the sea die. A third of the ships are destroyed. Another uh, thing comes from 
heaven, this star called Wormwood, and makes a third of the waters uh, bitter. And uh, that's obviously a big problem. You think of the water supply. And then the fourth angel uh, blows his trumpet, and a third of the sun, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, and a third of their light are, are darkened. Uh, and then you get to the, this woes, woe, 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 because we'll see if you thought trumpets one through four were intense, wait till tomorrow when we read about uh, the other trumpets uh, that are to come. And, and so you see the, the judgment increasing in severity as God, again, going back to those prayers, he is avenging uh, really, as it says, back with that fifth seal in chapter six, they're crying out to God to judge and avenge our blood. And so you see, again, an expression of the the righteous judgment of God here in this passage. And I hope that you are filled with confidence again in the prophetic word of God. God does what he says. We saw that in Ezra. Ezra represents a major fulfillment of prophecy. So we have every reason to uh, leave our Bible reading today and head into our day with confidence that God's word is true and he will do what he has said. He will do what he has promised. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.